0: Hurry, hurry, hurry to Monday matinee on the Mutual Audio Network.
1: The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance.
0: Hi there and welcome to the Sonic Society episode 487. I'm your host David Alt. Jack Ward is off a long time ago in a galaxy far far away or Canada as we call it but I'm told that he's not the only one but he should return to the Society next week. Now this week we have Wooden Overcoats return and another episode from the amazing John Bell and Bells and the Bat Free. Jack's been busy writing and has finished the near-final draft of The Most Dangerous Game adaptation from the classic short story by Richard Connell. Recording for it will begin a week from this upcoming weekend. Now this weekend, Jack will be recording his award-winning script Tulpa that was first performed by the incredible Chatterbox Audio Theatre Group. Some more EVP news. Richard Summers has been working with new producers and we nearly have a remake of one of the shows that I starred in with Erica Sanderson called Name Please and that will be released in an upcoming show. So lots of great new work coming up from all of us at Electric Vicuna Productions. But for now, let's join the incredible wooden overcoats Tempting Fate and Bells in the Bat Free, episode 148, right here on the Sonic Society.
2: Rudyard Fun runs a funeral home in the village of Piffling Vale. It used to be the only one. It isn't anymore. Yet Rudyard remains an important man with a seat on the village council... And being there for 11 years has been a constant source of pride. But nothing lasts forever. Especially if your name is Rudyard Fun. Wooden Overcoats by David K Barnes
3: Episode 4 Tempting Fate
2: The council meets once a month in Piffling Hall. Though the public are invited, I'm the only one who ever turns up, and being a mouse means I'm not allowed to vote, though I do get to nibble on the custard creams. This particular session was lent a certain energy by the chairman, Mayor Desmond Desmond, who had been right honourable until he realised he'd just made it up. Right, uh, Marjorie, could you take the councillor roll call? Certainly,
1: Mr Chairman. Reverend Nigel Wavering. Yeah, at present. Lady Vivian Templar. Hello. And Mr Rudyard Funt.
4: Rudyard Funt.
1: Are you sure? Yes. I've got Funt written here. No,
4: we've been over this for 11 years. What does
1: that look like, Reverend?
4: Rudyard um, Funt,
5: I'd say. For fun. I can only read
1: what I've got written down, Mr Funt.
5: Councillor Funt. Funt, Councillor Funt. Fellow councillors. We cannot ignore that recent events have dealt us a tragic blow. Our Venerable Vice-Chairman, Mr Basil Corbett, has been sadly taken from us in unforeseen circumstances. But he died knowing that we would continue his great work for Piffling Vale. Yes. yes.
2: In fact, the Venerable Vice-Chairman, Mr Basil Corbett, had died at the bottom of a sixty-foot mine shaft where he'd been fatally knocked down by a cyclist. Nevertheless, the councillors looked suitably solemn.
4: That dear, sweet little man. I'm sure his spirit is at rest in
6: heaven, if it exists, and there's a 50-50 chance of that.
5: Mm-hmm. This does, of course, leave open the position of vice-chairman of this council, but I'm sure that can wait ooh, until... Ooh, 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 oh, ooh, oh, oh, oh! Councillor funt uh, funt I'll do it, Mr Chairman. Uh, surely you are tied up with Funt funerals, are you not? Fun funerals. We're, um,
4: not quite as busy as... We used to be. Though we will be carrying out Basil Corbett's funeral on Wednesday, so, you know, pop that in your diaries. There'll be nibbles. Do you have Bombay mix? I'm afraid not. Uh, Yes, well, uh, I'll see what I'm doing
5: that day. In honour. Of Basil's demise, I have strengthened my resolve towards transforming our dear little village into a dear little town. After all, a community must build towards a brighter future. We cannot allow ourselves to stagnate, to to, to, to scrabble
1: in the (coughs) Tuscalilla like animals.
5: Ah, yes, sorry, right. Uh, Well, I'll just throw that open. Any ideas? Lady Templar.
1: Ah. Perhaps we need some more
4: attractions. The aquarium was a big success. Mm. It's only got eight fish. and six of them are dead. But it's still a smashing day out. Great fun for the children. Yeah, the other mm. day I bought a wind-up crab. Well, how <laughs> about <laughs> yeah. helping small businesses? Right. For instance, there's our mobile phone coverage. Mm, what about it? Oh, it would be nice to have some. We do have some. Only in one specific part of the island. Yes, my bathroom. The queues are getting
5: Ridiculous! Can we improve our communications network, Lady Templar? Not without a great deal more money, Mr. Chairman. Mm, Money, yes. Reverend Wavering, how are we doing on that front? Oh, pretty good whip round last Sunday, actually. Someone popped in a five-pound note. A whole (laughs) five! Who donated that?
1: That new fellow, Eric. Chapman! (laughs) I say I do like him. I think he's quite dishy. I'm
5: (laughs) sure we're all agreed on that point, Lady Templar. (laughs) Oh my,
1: yes! Mr Chapman is just outside. He's come about another extension to his funeral home.
5: Extension? What extension? Did I know about this, Marjorie?
1: He wrote you a letter, Mr Chairman.
5: Ah, yes. I'm afraid I don't always read everything I am given. I am usually kept very busy. Mm, Like opening new funeral homes. Exactly! Show him in, Marjorie. Yes, sir. Ooh, what an unexpected treat this is. You seem to have snapped your pencil, Rudyard. Sorry. Last miles, miles away. Morning, everyone. Eric, <laughs> mm, great to see you. Always a pleasure, Desmond.
3: Rudyard. The infamous Lady Templar. I say. <laughs> Reverend, is that new eyeshadow? You noticed!
5: Marjorie tells me you're here about another extension to your premises. We're getting so
3: many people through the door that our waiting room can't contain them. That was my pencil, Rudyard. Sorry. And I thought what this funeral home really needs is a cafe. It drinks, sandwiches, that sort of thing. Maybe a chocolate fountain. Yeah. Is Any objections? Well, I had to point it out, but we do already have a cafe. It closed down last week. What? Why? It's something to do with a cyborg mouse infestation,
5: I heard.
1: Oh, how utterly awful. It
5: was one mouse. <laughs> and, and I don't know anything about it. All oh, right. All those in favour of Mr Chapman extending his premises to include a cafe, say aye. 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 All opposed.
4: I mean, that's <laughs> say opposed is a strong word.
5: Done. Just... Carried unanimously.
3: That was the table link. Radio. Sorry. Thank you, everyone. Your first coffee's on me. Hot and strong. <laughs> Always,
5: Lady <ladies> temple <emperor. laughs> Anyway, I better be off. Oh, wait, Dick. You are full of ideas. We want to expand our village, attract newcomers. You any thoughts on that? What made you
4: want to move here, Chappers? It's what I'd
5: like to know.
3: Oh, well, it all started a long time ago. Oh. <sighs> He's
5: so complex. <laughs>
3: but as to your problem, I'd say that you should rally the community and get people excited about Piffling. An event. A celebration. Ooh, that sounds expensive.
5: Uh,
6: don't forget about the £5 note, Mr Chairman. Ooh, yes. A bit of glitz and glamour.
3: Something to remember. Bring everyone together mm. and carve out a real sense of identity. Mm. We already have an identity. It's miserable and it works. Mm. What about a fate? Yes, what? Stalls, games, rustic <laughs> dancing. You're a village, you must throw the old face. He's mad, wish to port him. Hasn't been a fete in Piffling Vale for 11 years. Astonishing. Who's in charge of local events? Rudyard.
4: Of course I thought about doing a fete this year, but, you know, that money could be put towards the upkeep of the burial grounds. That's what you did last year. I know, and they look terrific. I must admit,
3: I do like the idea of some rustic dancing. Yes, and games and things. Something for the whole community to enjoy. I mean, it's not original.
5: Oh, don't be so
4: modest, Eric. <laughs> it's
1: so charming. Look,
4: it's easy to throw money around and get excited
3: about rustic dancing.
1: i oh, got say to... it is. <laughs>
5: Eric, you have been the most tremendous help. Well, glad to do my bit. <laughs> Next Friday. We will throw the biggest and bestest fate this island has ever seen. A new era in Piffling. I hope you know what you're doing, Mr. Chairman. Me? <laughs> you, you're in charge, Rudyard. Local events are your uh, district. What? What? All those in favour? I... Aye. All opposed? Aye. Uh... Overruled. Motion carried. I I.
2: We're going to need a new table. Rudyard skulked back to fun funerals, his head a miasma of doubt. If there was one thing he'd banked on in life, it was that he'd never be relied upon to help people enjoy themselves. His world had once again become an increasingly scary place. There was only one thing left to do. George,
1: Yeah?
4: We're emigrating.
1: Fair enough, where to?
4: Don't care, so long as nobody's heard of it.
1: San Marino?
4: Yeah, that'll do. Antigone, pack your bags, we're moving to San Marino.
1: Where's San Marino? Italy. Italy? I'm great at Italian. Done, let's get moving. Yep, you too, Madam. Hang on, why are we moving to San Marino? Because
4: they're after me. They're after you. They will be.
1: Who, when and why?
4: Everyone. Next week, when the village fete I organise falls apart, which it will do.
1: They put you in charge of a fete. People are meant to enjoy those. Thank
4: you, Georgie, I know. How
1: did that happen? One word. Chapman. I should return his calls. Chapman probably won't. Roll.
4: Shows up at the meeting. He's there two minutes, and suddenly I'm meant to be arranging the first village fate we've had in eleven years.
1: Of course, he must have done it knowing that you'd fail.
4: The last nail in the coffin.
1: My God, the absolute cunning of the man. Are you caressing yourself? What? No, shut up. This is serious, are You're going to call his bluff
4: you want me to actually organise a fit?
1: Yes, and in the process you're going to win us back some much required uh, good I, I can't do it! It's just a lot of people standing around the field having fun for an afternoon, how difficult could it be? Particularly, when was the last time I had fun doing anything?
4: I can't remember! No, oh, Nor can I! Now Georgie can speak Italian, we're moving to San Marino.
1: It's the fifth smallest country in the world. What's the smallest? Vatican City. We'll go there. Richard, this island hasn't held a fate ever since you effectively mm. banned them 11 years ago. All you need to do is stage an even half-decent knees up and they'd probably enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Well, what about all the games? The stalls? I hope there's some rustic dancing. Richard, other people do those things for you. Conscription? Volunteering. Mm-hmm. Put someone in charge of a relay race, another in charge of a coconut shy. Get shopkeepers to run their own stalls. And ask the Piffling Philharmonic to provide the music for the rustic dancing. Boom! Instant fate. Pass out enough liquor to get everyone hammered and you're away. Uh, But
4: if people are drunk, then they won't enjoy the relay race.
1: They'll enjoy it more. Trust me. You can just delegate tasks and keep things to schedule. You love doing that. It's practically the only thing you're actually good at. Mm
4: -hmm. I, I, I do like spreadsheets.
1: Antigone could be a fortune teller. Excuse me, are you insane? Every fate needs a fortune teller. No, Madeline, I hate
4: raffles, but I do like the idea of a fortune teller. I
1: can't do that. I've got to embalm Basil Corbett. Do you know how many gallons of fluid I'll have to drain from a man that size? Possibly thousands. That's a ridiculous lie.
4: You're going to be a fortune teller. Why me? Because A, you'll be sitting in a gloomy tent all day, and B, you can throw a spanner into the works of Eric Chapman. Uh, Tell people that bad luck comes to those who do business with a tall, dark stranger.
1: He's not that tall. Or dark.
4: OK, Don't do business with a medium-height blonde chap... Just make sure people are too superstitious to go near him.
1: And what's Georgie going to be doing?
4: Georgie, never that people like. A carousel. Build me
1: one. Sure. I'm Beretta building carousels.
4: Excellent. I think I might enjoy this. I bet the Vatican doesn't have a carousel.
2: Rudyard was actually wrong about that. The Vatican, in fact, has five. But over several days, he delegated, organised, and even managed to smile at people though he was swiftly taken aside and advised never to do it again. By Wednesday morning, there was just one person he'd yet to approach.
3: And I'm deeply sorry about your husband's passing, Mrs Turner.
2: I'm not. He used to eat cockroaches. Well, then... But I am looking forward so much to the funeral, Mr Chapman. You always lay on such an amusing funeral. We do
3: try to put the fun in funerals.
2: It's the way everybody comes together and has such a jolly time. It can get very lonely around here, you know. Can it really, Mrs Turner? My neighbour, Mrs Carnegie, met a fancy man at one of your funerals. Did she really? I wish I were Mrs Carnegie. Uh,
3: You will be, Mrs Turner. You will be. Rudyard, what a surprise. Good morning, Mr. Fun.
2: Good
4: morning, Mrs. Turner.
3: Oh no, don't smile. What can we do for you today, Rudyard? Fancy a funeral? Is that a threat? Uh, no, you can put the vase down. Right you are. <clears throat> now look here, I've got Basil Corbett's
4: funeral in a couple of hours, so let's keep this short. The fate, on Friday. You might be too busy. I'm not too busy.
3: Or maybe not interested. I am interested. Or
4: maybe you're too busy. I'm still not too busy. But if that wasn't the case, then I was going to say-
3: Rudyard, I'd love to be involved.
4: I see. Hmm. Well, th- that cafe you asked the council about four days ago, I suppose you've already built stocked, and opened it by now. I have, actually. Would you like a cappuccino?
3: No, thank you. In that case, you can provide refreshments at the fete, can't you? If you'd like me to. Don't sound enthusiastic. Rudyard, I'd be delighted to provide refreshments at your village fete on Friday. All
4: right, alright, don't need your life story. Chapman refreshments there that's everything we're all set to go I consider me incredibly impressed <laughs> just
3: need a sharp coordinating brain that's all Got one of those, you see. I have to say, I'm looking forward to it. I know funerals are a great excuse to get outside and socialise, but it's good to have other options. Socialising? that's to take up ten minutes. And then what would they do? No, perpetual scheduled
4: activity. That's the way. Oh, you know best. Relay race, sack race, three-legged race, tea and cake, tug-of-war, fancy dress, and rustic dance. With coconut chai, cake and bake, jumble sale, baked bean bath, and guess the weight of the reverend. Top work, Rajar, top work.
3: Very traditional. Mm. What do you mean by like that? By what? You said very traditional. Yes. It's, you know, it's very traditional. That's all. I don't mean that's all, that's all. I just mean that's all I'm saying. That it's traditional. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. It's, I think you've put together a really strong event. It's a good old traditional fate, and I think everyone will have a great afternoon, truly. You've nothing to worry about. I see. Well,
4: wait till you see what I've really got prepared. Sorry? I mean this! This is just the first draft! But there's nothing wrong with... Traditional! ...stayed, boring, seen it all before, not a bit of it. This is going to be a fate to remember! You'll see. You might be overthinking this. I should Coco. Now if you'll excuse me, I've got to make some telephone
3: calls. Don't forget your funeral. Was that a threat? Basil Corbett's funeral. Ah. That. It's been delayed.
4: Goodbye.
3: Rudyard, can I have my vase back? Oh, yes. Sorry.
2: Rudyard burst forth from his rival's premises, his heart pounding and his palms sweating. He knew he had less than 48 hours to entirely rethink his fate. It was time for swift and decisive action, and there was only one place to head for. Reverend Wavering's bathroom.
4: Yes, Mrs. Pettigrew, it's got to be dramatic. A seven-legged race, you heard me. Oh, hang on, I've got Jerry on the other line. Now look here, Jerry, I'm on the mobile. Yes, in the vicar's bathroom.
6: Uh, Rudyard. Yes. Hey, could you scrub my bag for me? Um. Oh.
4: Oh. Jerry, can't we think of something better than the bake sale? Oh. Yes, I know I liked it yesterday, but That's we not... need something exciting. Wait, hold on a second. Mr. Smiley, this coconut shy. What if the coconuts could fight back? That's right. Well, it'd give them on their toes, wouldn't it? Damn, It's Mrs. Pettigrew again. Hold on. Hey, could you pass me the towel? Yep, sure. Mrs. Pettigrew, No, not five. A seven-legged race. I won't have any less than seven here. Thanks, And I want obstacles on the racetrack. Potholes, maybe. Ugh, oh. Mr. Burnside? Your Punch and Judy show. Mm-hmm. Children need to know that violence actually hurts. I want to see real agony when the crocodile eats Mr. Punch. Screaming, mm-hmm. writhing, buckets of blood. Something they'll remember.
3: Oh, Red Are we still on for
4: the funeral this afternoon? Ah, uh, no, it's been delayed. Oh, well, not much point getting dressed, uh, Mrs. Pettigrew? What? Fine, I'll run my own seven legged race. See if I care. And you. Jerry? Okay, give me what you got.
6: Oh, well, everyone. If you're all queuing to make a telephone call, I don't think it'll be very long. Put some clothes on. It's my
2: house. Those ideas are terrible, Jerry,
4: just terrible.
2: It felt to me unseemly to loiter in an ecclesiastical bathroom uninvited, so I decided to leave Rudyard to his negotiations and scooted back to fun funerals where I found Antigone was practising her fortune-telling.
1: Your name is... Your name is... Georgie Crusoe. God, how do you do it? All right, look with someone else. It should be very impressive correctly guessing a total stranger's name. Yes. That would be impressive. Thank you. How are you going to do it? Well, shut up. Okay, skip to the fortune bit. Tell me what my future holds. And remember, always tell them what they want to hear. Yes, yes, right. Uh, I can see... I can see... uh man? Boring. A woman? Meh. A cat? A dog? Uh, a cat and a dog? A book? No. What do you want then? A helicopter! How was I meant to know that, for <laughs> God's sake? You're the psychic. I'm not a psychic! You're not trying hard enough. Here, bend these spoons. No more spoons! You want a fortune? Well, I can see you a million paths rolling and stretching into the infinite abyss, but no matter which one we choose, they all end the same way, and the best life lived is the one we never tried. Antigone. What? Helicopters. go back to your side of the table. He's done it again! Oh, why do I have to live here? What's Eric done now? He's actually done it again. Every
4: step of the way, your boyfriend's there in this gruelling game of mental chess.
1: He's not my boyfriend. Well,
4: he should be, damn it. We need a spy on the inside. Now get over there and sabotage something.
1: Fine. Do you really think that's going to help?
4: Oh, maybe not, but it'll cheer
1: me up. <laughs> now look here! What? No no
4: no, no 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 This is the funeral phone! The mobile is the fate phone! So if you want to discuss this fate, I'll have to go all the way back to the vicar's bathroom. What? Oh, very well, I'll be waiting.
1: I knew it wouldn't last. What wouldn't? Your mood, you seemed cheerful this morning. It was very unnerving. I had the whole
4: thing planned to the very last detail. Then he had to cast his entropic gaze over everything and whoosh the whole thing up in space.
1: Do I still have to be a fortune-teller?
4: And out of that smoke shall rise a phoenix, let me tell you. Phoenix will rise, and who'll oh, be laughing then?
1: You haven't laughed since our great-grandfather died. Well,
4: nothing could have topped that.
1: But rest assured,
4: Antigone, our fate is going to be a spectacular success. Or my name <coughs> is... No, I care! What? No, Jerry. there is nothing extreme about a bake sale. You can paint the word on the sign as often as you want. It doesn't make it true! What?
1: Fine, be that way. You know where you can stick your cakes? Yes, extremely. I ask you. Roger, the fate is in less than 48 hours, and we've got Basil Corbett's funeral this Post-poned. afternoon.
4: Postponed. What? Called up the family, made up a story about, well, reorganising a fate, that sort of thing. How did
1: they react?
4: Well, they weren't very happy. But? No, that's it, they weren't very happy.
1: So how many attractions does your fate have?
4: Is your fortune telling? Yes. George's carousel?
1: Yes. <sighs> well, that's more than we had last year. Inexplicable. You know, I can actually see your future. Oh, yes. Mhm. And it involves this crystal ball getting shoved straight up your... Bloody oh
3: George's weather, isn't it? Oh. I just passed Georgie on the way over. Never mind about that. What do you want? But this isn't a
4: bad time. Why would you think it was a bad time? <laughs> now look here! What? Well then, we shall do without the band. Thank you for telling me. Yes. Well, if I do drop dead, then I'm in the right place for it. Goodbye. Problems? No. Just have to be very imaginative with our
3: rustic dancing. That's all. Can we help you? We.
1: Hello. Ah, sorry, I keep forgetting. Oh, so, you? so you're
3: just always standing in the shadows. The
1: shadows protect me.
3: Tremendous. Look. Rudyard, I want to apologize. Apologize? I don't know what it was. But when you came over this morning, I said something to offend you, and it's made me throw away all your hard work. Mr. Chapman, I've no idea where you got that impression from, but I can assure Mrs. You. Pettigrew popped over for a coffee. She said if he wants a seven legged race, then he can whistle for it. The jokes on her, I can't whistle. And the joke's on you, really, but putting that aside, I thought I'd try and make things up to you.
1: Really how?
3: Very
4: big of you, I'm sure,
3: but I'm not in the mood. <laughs> now look at what? Too dangerous? Bungie jumping off
4: the lighthouse? Children love doing that 50 feet go, you can't beat it! No, the paddling pool's not good enough! I'm the same to you! What do you do in mind, Mr Chapman?
3: Well, in addition to providing all the refreshments at the fete, I'll throw in something extra. I've just installed my chocolate fountain, and it works like a dream. We'll have it going at the fete, and we'll give out all-you-can-eat chocolate treats to everyone who wants them, free of charge. How about that? Mm.
4: I was rather banking on you sorting out my seven-legged ricks, but a chocolate fountain could make for a very nice centerpiece for the whole thing. Very nice indeed. Fair enough, Mr. Chapman. It's a deal, and
3: thank you. Don't mention it. I'm just glad I was able to. Now
4: look here. What? When? I see. Yes. Uh, Oh, damn him. That was your secretary, Mr Chapman. Oh, yeah? Yes, uh, apparently somebody has just sabotaged your chocolate fountain. What?
1: All right, sir, mission accomplished. (laughs) Uh, Hello, Georgie. Hello.
2: Get out, Georgie. Goodbye. 48 hours zipped by in a flash, but inspiration failed to strike Rudyard fun. When the event opened on Friday afternoon, it was clear that Piffling's biggest and bestest fate had failed to materialise, and that in its place were a legion of empty tables, a couple of tents, a wonky carousel, and a deadly coconut shy. As I nibbled on a fallen walnut whip, the cream of piffling voiced their displeasure. It's not quite how I imagined it, Lady Templar
1: nor i mr mayor well, i
5: hope there'll be lots of games and stalls and things but it looks just like a field to me
3: i don't think i've ever been so unhappy
5: i thought a bit of rustic dancing would cheer me up but it's miserable doing it in the rain and without any music after a couple of hours, I had to give up.
4: I had my fortune read just now. Ooh,
5: worth a punt,
3: is it? No. the woman spent ten minutes going on about a million roads, all ending the same way. Then she told me not to talk to strangers and handed me a bent spoon.
5: Ooh, sounds a bit rum. And as
2: for that coconut shine... Yes. Just littered with casualties.
5: I suppose it is nice to pull the community together. Please. But What's
3: the point when there's nothing for them to do?
5: Oh, there, there, Lady Templar, don't cry. <laughs> it's so cold. So terribly, terribly cold. Yes, and wet. wish I hadn't dropped my walnut whip? That mouse is having a wonderful time. <laughs> oh, Mr. <Mow. laughs> ah, That's it, Lady Templar. Use my shoulder. (laughs) It'll be over soon, and we'll put all this behind us. (coughs)
4: Um,
5: hello. Oh, it's you, Rudyard. Your Worship,
4: Lady Templar. I trust we're all having fun. Not quite, Ruddy. I'm sorry to hear that, Your Worship.
5: I really don't want to sound ungrateful, you understand, but it's, it's all a bit sparse, isn't it?
4: It's just awful.
5: Would you like a go at the coconut shy Lady down <coughs> don't be a fool. Rudyard. Can you see she's already lost her glass eye?
4: We have had teething problems. <coughs> I think it's safe to say we got there in the end. The whole village, coming together. If only Basil Corbett could have seen it.
3: He'd be spinning in the grave. You haven't put him in yet.
4: Well, actually, I'm popping off to do the funeral now, if you'd both like to come along. No, thank you.
1: If your funerals or anything like your fates, I think I'll save myself the trip.
4: Right, yes, right.
5: Um... See
1: you later. Hmm. What a dreadful little man.
5: Yes. Mind you, he looks good in a suit.
3: Aye, aye. There are a couple of long faces. Hello, Harry. I thought I'd bring you both some cappuccinos oh. to warm yourselves up with. Oh, you darling, darling chap chap i a bit of it, Lady Templar.
5: Been a bit of a washout, hasn't it? Despondency as far as the eye can see. Even in a crowd they all look lonely. But perhaps this is what Piffling veils. Really all about, and it's been staring me in the face the entire time. Don't
3: say that, Mr Mayor. If only we could do something with what we've got here. (laughs) But what can you do with lots of empty old tables? Got it. I know what we can do. What? Desmond, with your permission, I'd like to try a little something, and I've got a feeling it might just work. There's still time to turn this whole event around.
5: (laughs) Then, by the authority invested in me, I ask you to give it your best shot. As of this moment, Eric, our fate is in your hands. Oh! Oh,
2: (laughs) (laughs) Alas, I somehow felt duty-bound to accompany Rudyard to the postponed funeral of Basil Corbett, a move that probably sacrificed a very exciting chapter of my book, Memoirs of a Funeral House Mouse, available soon from all good retailers, the first 50 copies assigned. Mind you... At the funeral, I was able to witness Rudyard, bereft of reverend and with few attendees, deliver a stirring and entirely improvised speech about the securities of fate, the struggles of discord, and an intractable acceptance of the way the cookie crumbles, a sermon that moved the late Basil Corbett's niece to say, quite simply...
1: We want our money back.
2: Whereupon Rudyard duly refunded her money... Tipped Basil Corbett into the hole and traipsed back in the general direction of the village fate.
1: Never mind, sir. Can't win them all.
4: Winning anything at all would be a nice change.
1: Never liked fates, anyway.
4: I won't even tried your carousel. You worked so hard at it. I do still
1: think it should have had horses. Hmm,
4: perhaps. I thought having coffins was a delightful touch. Ah, oh well. Time to face the music. Well, they're all smiling and chatting.
1: That's funny. All the tables are arranged in a sort of circle.
4: There's two people to each table, I don't understand. What on earth is going on?
3: Once again, your time's up. If you want to exchange numbers, you'd better do it quick. Right then, as before, A's, you stay seated, and if B's could get up and head to your next table in rotation. That's it, there we go, quick as you can. And this is your last date, folks. Whether you're looking for a friend or looking for love, you've got three minutes to talk to your final partner, so you better make them count. Get ready, get set... Enjoy yourselves. Chapman, what are you playing at? Rudyard, Georgie, glad you could make it. I think you're too late to grab a table. don't want to grab anything. What's happened to my face? A swift change of plan. Things were getting a little blue, so I thought, what's the best and cheapest way to get a large group of people talking to each other? Talking to each other? Some of them are holding hands. Flirting, talking, same difference.
2: (laughs) Same difference,
3: eh? It's gone down a treat. I bet some of them are speaking to each other for the first time in their lives.
1: You like to be the hero, don't you?
3: Well, making up for lost time...
1: Very, very, very,
3: very, 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 very What a magnificent afternoon. Desmond, glad you've enjoyed it.
5: It's been a fantastic old fate, absolutely fantastic, Ruddy hard. Do you know what this chap did? Yes, he told me. A cracking idea. Really got everyone involved. I'm sorry I can't stick around. Nothing wrong, is there? No, no, no. As a matter of fact, I'm uh, going
4: on a date. You're going on a what? Hello, everybody. Glorious day. Dizzy! I've booked us a table for six o'clock! It's Italian tonight! How
5: incredibly pleasing, Reverend! (laughs) TTFN! See you all on Sunday! Have a
3: good one, you two. I have no idea what's happening. And that's your lot, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the Great Piffling Speed Date, and you've been amazing. Well, I suppose I better get a shift on. Georgie? Yep. I was wondering if um if you were free, we No.
1: Not bothered. Oh. Oh, right. No,
3: that's fine, sure. Yeah. Lady Templar? Chappers? I don't suppose you'd care to... Yes, I would. Nice. Well, enjoy yourselves. Oh,
1: Chapman. Chapman.
3: Look at them all. They're all
4: pairing. Don't understand it. We live on an island of liberty.
1: It certainly looks that way, doesn't
4: it? Ah, oh, it, there you are. Glad to see you weren't involved quite right, too. You didn't subscribe to this licentious nonsense.
1: No. No, I didn't. I wouldn't even know where to begin.
2: The times were changing in Piffling Vale, but one man refused to change with them. Radyard, in fact, resigned from the village council. They sadly didn't take any notice. You see, they'd just appointed their new vice-chairman, who'd brought along his chocolate fountain to celebrate.
3: Hunting Fate was written by David K. Barnes and featured Felix Trench as Rudyard, Beth Eyre as Antigone, Tom Crowley as Eric, Kira Baxendale as Georgie, Steve Hodson as the Mayor, Andy Seacomb as Reverend Wavering, Katrina Knox as Lady Templar, Ellie McAlpine as Marjorie, and Belinda Lang as Madeline, with additional voices by Pip Gladwin, Sarah Burton, and Max Tyler. Original music composed by James Whittle. The programme was recorded at the Artspace Studios by Tom Gillieran and was directed and produced by Andy Goddard and John Wakefield.
6: What you doing? I'm a little busy right now, Brad. I'm running the audio board. Oh, yeah. Isn't it about time for Mr. Bell's podcast? Bell's in the battery. Bell's in the Bat Where is Mr. Bell? Mr. Bell is doing a remote. Oh, I see. I see. You have no idea what that means, dude. you? Not a clue. That means Mr. Bell is not here in the studio. He's out at a particular location. He's going to broadcast from there to here. And that's why I'm running the soundboard. Okay, okay. Well, that's, um... Brad, Mr. Bell isn't here. Is that enough for you? Well, that's all I really needed to know. Mm-hmm. But Mr. Bell asked me to be here, he wanted to tell me something. He needed my help with something. Yes, he wants you to hang around after the show because did you know that the show is now on YouTube? And is that a toothpaste? The site online where you can watch videos. Videos about tubas? Anyway, Mr. Bell wants you to be in a video to advertise the fact that we're on video. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Look at this straight now. Everything we've been doing for the last couple of weeks has been on video? Brad. If so, I need to call my lawyer. Brad, the podcast is on YouTube. It's the audio of the podcast. So we're putting our audio podcast on a site that shows videos. Now you understand. No, I don't. What do people watch while they're listening to the audio podcast? Well, they don't have to watch anything, but Mr. Bell does provide some visuals that people can watch while they're listening to the show. Mr. Bell picks these visuals? Yes. Oh, that's a scary thought. You're telling me. Yeah, I just did. Cartoons, abstract stuff, this stupid bird... You know, junk like that. Well, and people like this stuff? People don't have a choice. Well, except the choice not to watch it all. I bet that happens a lot. Oh, yeah. But the fact remains he wants you to make a video to publicize the fact that it's on YouTube. Well, I'd be happy to donate my handsome visage to this project. Huh. Um, how does one find these videos on YouTube? You go to YouTube and you search. THE BATFREE THE BATFREE T-H-E-B-A-T-F-R-Y You know, I never understood that word You're preaching to the choir I going to preach in this video? No, 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 we'll give you a script, so don't worry, okay? Alright, well I'll go and get all spiffed up and put on some makeup and prepare for this video Ah, no, that won't be necessary How's that? Um, uh, because Mr. Bell wants it to be casual Yeah, he wants everybody to see you just as you are normally every day You're up to something, aren't you? No, 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 no. You're gonna do some sort of video trick where people hear me but see something else, aren't you? No. Okay, I'll be back in a few. That was a close one. Hello, Arnie. Oh, Mr. Bell? Yes. Are you ready to go? All set. Okay, stand by in three, two, go. What? Oh. I'm currently standing outside the newest of a very popular franchise, the Chuckle Cheeps franchise, the place where kids can go, get something to eat, and play games. And here with me is the founder of Chuckle's Cheeps, Mr. Louis Lefty Longano. Actually, that's uh, Lefty Louis Longano. So your real first name is... Lefty, that's right, and uh, Louis is my nickname. Who gave you the nickname? Nick. It's my dad's brother. My dad was Muggsy Charlie Longano, and my mom was one eye Lydia Longano. So their nicknames were Charlie and Lydia. Hey, you'll catch on slow. But you catch on. Uh, okay, Lefty. Please call me Louie. Okay, Louie, let's go inside the Chuckles Cheap's restaurant and see what's going on. Yeah, let's do that. Here's the front door. And we're inside. Wow, this is a very busy place. Lots of kids all over the place. Oh, yeah, the darling little rugrats love playing all these games here. What inspired you to open a chain of restaurants where kids can play games? Well, I started out uh, as a manager for some casinos for some uh, local family businesses, you know? I see. The grown-ups would stay in the hotel and hit the floor and gamble all night, uh, but the kids, the kids didn't have nothing to do. Oh, and that touched your heart. Hey, nobody touches my organs but me, pal. I, I only meant... Did all these kids in this hotel doing nothing. I mean, what a waste. Because they should be having fun. Because they should be spending money. Oh, uh well, you kids have money to spend? As long as you got parents or even better, grandparents. Oh, yeah, they got lots of money to spend. So you thought that you could have them spending money... Playing games and eating food. And having a good time. Yeah, I suppose. And that's when you came up the idea for Chuckles Cheeps. Yeah, I had an artist work up a, a design for uh, the mascot, Chuckles Cheeps. You see, he's a Boyd. The artist is a Boyd? Yeah, that's his name, Boyd. Oh. Of course, it's only his nickname. Uh, of course, but Chuckles Cheeps is also a Boyd. No, his name is Chuckles. Aren't you paying attention? He's a bird. <laughs> yes, of course he is. He's uh, actually a pigeon Why did you decide on a pigeon? I thought it'd be a good idea to have a lot of pigeons in the place, you know what I mean? You don't mean stool pigeons. I ain't got no stool pigeons in my organization, you hear? I hear, I hear. Good. Can you let go of my shirt now? Oh, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, Oh, so let's uh, talk about your philosophy of the game playing here. Uh, You have all sorts of computer video games here. Uh, You have the classics uh, like uh, Pac-Man and Defender. No, no, no. We don't need any of those sissy games. Sissy games? But those are classic fun games. Don't you have fun games here? Boy, are you stuck in the 20th century. No, 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 no. The only fun in these games is winning them. You mean like getting a higher score than your friend? Tickets, Boobala, tickets. The better you do on the game, the more tickets you win. So the games dispense tickets to the kids? Right. Then they take these tickets to the booth and exchange them for fabulous prizes. Really? Like like what? Game consoles, remote control cars, skateboards, all sorts of great stuff. Wow. Well, how many tickets does it take to, say, win a skateboard? Uh, about 150,000. Wow. And uh, how many tickets can an average kid win playing one average game? About five. And what can you get for five tickets? Some lint, a rock, bottle cap. How about ten tickets? Oh, pencil eraser, sticker gum, piece of paper. How many skateboards or game consoles have the kids won? <laughs> I like you. You're a funny guy. So kids play games not to enjoy playing the games, but to win things? That's the current business model, yeah. It sounds like you're running a kid's casino. That's the business model. But, hey, we got more than games and food. We got entertainment. Just like a casino. In fact, the show's about to start. Over here in the corner here, we have these robot uh, things that come out and uh, talk to the kids. Here, here, here. Watch, watch. It's about to start. <laughs> Hi, kids. Welcome. I'm your master of ceremonies, Edward G. Robin. Behind me are backup singers, the a cappella goodfellas. And now, let's start the show. here's the guy you want to see, see? The bird with the words, the fowl that makes you howl, the pigeon you love more than a smidgen, Chuckles Chiefs. I'm Chuckle's Cheaps. Let's have some fun. Show me all the tickets that you've won. Whoa, not very much. Go try for more. You're just a loser without a big score. Get more tokens from your mom and your pop then try your luck. Don't you dare stop till you've won enough to get a great big prize, even if it takes you several hundred tries. If you're playing the games and have a great day, if you run out of money, then just go away. We don't like quitters. Be a kid, not a mouse. And forget that the odds always favor the house. When you play here with jackal's cheaps, you don't want to be like the Those quitting creeps. Beg and cry for the tokens you need, then play those games till your fingers bleed. (laughs) This is John Bell on location, returning you now to the Bat Free. Bells in the Bat Free, episode 148, has been brought to you by Stew's Stew Pot. Stew has stew beef stew Uh, and stew's gnu stew too. uh, Buy two of stew's gnu stews and get a free caribou stew. It's new. That's right. Three stew stews, two gnu stews, uh, and stew's new caribou stew too. I have two stew stews when you can have one more stew stew too Woohoo If you love to do stew you'll love stew stews at stew's stew Pop, where stews brew and stews for yous Bells in the Battery Copyright 2016 John Bell Creative LLC we're off. Okay, Brad, you ready to videotape your segment? I certainly am. Are we going to that fancy TV studio down the street? No, they're too expensive. We're going to go to a cut rate TV studio in Bird Sanctuary that's across town. Bird Sanctuary? Oh, they say we'll never hear the birds while we're taping you. Uh, okay. How are we going to get there? Going to take the bus? No, we're going to take Goober. Uh, didn't we do that bit last week? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, we could take. Tuber? Did someone say potato? Try again. Gruber? I'm not swimming there. Let's call Gruber. All righty, there, the call is in. This is Hans Gruber. Maybe we'll walk. Okay, little dude, Mr. Mad Brontworth. Brad Montworth. Yeah, whatever. is in the studio all set to be videotaped, man. Uh, you can go in there and direct him if you want. Okay, okay, I just want to ask real quick. How are your acoustics? Oh, much better now that I started taking that penicillin. Thank you for asking. Are you sure we won't hear all these birds in there? What birds? All these birds flying around in here. So you see them too? Oh boy, that's a relief. Okay, I'm going in the studio right now. I started the video already, so just tell him when you want him to go. We you? Okay, go. No. Yeah? Go. No. Yeah? Yes. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Brad Modworth. <laughs> I'm. Here head salesman and public relations director for BELLS IN THE MADFREE! <laughs> um, Arnie, you are going to show me in this video, right? I mean, you're not going to use my voice, but, uh, put it over the visual of, like, a, uh, well, I don't know, a dog, or a walnut, or a puppet, or something, okay? Perish forbid! Alright. <clears throat> Where was I? Oh, that's it. I have amazing news for you! Bells in the Bad Free is now. Arnie? What? You're not going to tinker with my voice after we record this, are you? Hmm? Me? Never! Okay, good. Alright. Wait, in the Bad Free is now on
1: YouTube!
6: Yes, all the fun and excitement of the audio podcast, but now with visuals. And we're talking. To hear bells in the Batfreak while having something to see at the same time, like my handsome (laughs) visage, just search YouTube for The Batfreak. That's, um, B, no, T, there's a T. T H E B A T F R. Keep going.
1: Why? Yes.
6: Oh, oh, okay. Uh, Watch, yes. (laughs) And, hey, subscribe while you're there. It's easy. (laughs) Now, oh, 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 Arnie. Watch. You're going to show my name during this on the screen and how to contact me, right? Of course it's there now. Oh, okay. So, if you'd like to see how handsome and dashing I am, just go check out episode 148 of Bells in the Battery on YouTube, right now. Oh, oh boy, you can edit out those parts when I talk to you, right? Sure. Good. <laughs> I don't want people to think I'm a paranoid idiot. I'm a paranoid idiot. I'm a paranoid idiot. I'm a paranoid idiot. I'm a paranoid. idiot. I'm a paranoid idiot.
0: And that's our show this week. Be sure to go and check out audio news and releases at sonicsociety.org. Send us your episode 500 thoughts at sonicsociety@gmail.com. Contact us through the Facebook groups at Audio Drama Radio Drama Lovers, The Sonic Society, or check out our new shows at Electric Vicuna Productions. Jack tells me the EVP podcast is set to get back to production once Dramapod website has its site repaired, so keep an eye out for those. You can also contact us at all the usual Twitter accounts, and as always, we'll be right here next week with another Sonic Society. I'm David Alt. Good night. The Sonic Society is written and produced weekly by Jack J. Ward and David Alt with original music by Sharon B. at SharonB.com. All features, interviews, and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators and provided to the Sonic Society by Creative Commons Licensing. The Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Thanks for listening.
3: This has been an Electric Vicuna production.
6: Hello, I'm John Bell of Bells in the Bat Free. It's a comedy podcast. Fridays and every other Sunday. Well, anyway, back in episode five of Bells in the Bat Free, we introduced the Cowlitz tiny little cows. Where did all these cats come from? They're not cats, they're cows, and they're heading toward the water cooler. Stop it before... Th- now you can display your love of these tiny cows with genuine Cowlet t-shirts. You know what's really fun to do with these shirts? Get a whole bunch of people to buy them. Then you all gather together and run down the street. People will see these Cowlets coming toward them and think it's a stampede. You think that would really work, Brad? Shh, we're pushing for bulk sales here. You can also get Cowlet mugs, clocks, and other items. Just go to thebatfree.com and click on shop. This is a limited time offer. No, it's not. You just do not understand advertising, do you? Get your merchandise today with the official Cowlitz design created by Jeff Music. Buying lots of them would bring music to my ears. Oh, stop. Stop.